Radio News. It's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, there's mixed reactions to new working arrangements caused by the third wave of COVID-19 infections. A survey finds low-income families are finding life under lockdown more stressful because they can't afford online classes for their children. And British newspapers say the UK will suspend its extradition treaty with Hong Kong over the national security law. A number of private hospitals and laboratories appointed by the government to conduct testing for the coronavirus appear to be swamped as demand surges amid a spike in infections. RTHK visited their websites and called up a number of hospitals, including Baptist, Glen Eagles and the Hong Kong Sanatorium and Hospital. And all of these institutions either said they're fully booked for the day and even the week or didn't pick up the calls at all. Following the government's announcement yesterday that non-essential civil servants can work from home amid a third wave of COVID-19 infections, many companies have adopted special work arrangements. Some firms have split staff into teams to alternate between working from home or at the office. Others have allowed staff to adopt more flexible hours. Many workers expressed mixed views to RTHK. Charles in the shipping industry says he's not happy about alternating between working from home and the office. Uh, it's frustrating because I can't really work very well at home. I don't think anyone really can. And um, but no, hopefully just a, a small or rather a short-term gap before uh, the third wave, uh, you know, is on the control. So it's uh, it's a necessary measure, but it's frustrating. I would like to be back at work, yeah, full time because I can work much more effectively. Jason in the banking sector says his company is also rotating which staff come into the office. He says the government should have asked civil servants to work from home earlier last week when the outbreak started, so the private sector could have more time to adjust. He says despite the difficulty of completing certain work tasks from home, he thinks it's best if everyone stays in. If I want to download some data and some uh, uh, facility used in the office, probably uh, it's difficult for me to work at home. But I think uh, the health gear is the first important thing, right? I think we can uh, shut down everything uh, for only one or two weeks. And when the situation gets better, we can restart. So I prefer, I mean, the government take some uh, good action. <laughs> Hong Kong's sole delegate to the top national legislature, Tam Yu-chung, says the SAR government could not, should not rule out postponing the LegCo polls. The MPCSC member says with some 50 days to go, the administration can't guarantee the coronavirus epidemic will be under control come voting day in early September. Mr Tam, who's also a DAB stalwart, says people gathering could lead to another wave of COVID-19 outbreak. Yesterday, Chief Executive Carrie Lam says the LegCo, said the LegCo election is a solemn matter and cannot be changed lightly. A kindergarten principal says online classes can greatly help low-income families who are under more pressure as children stay at home due to the latest coronavirus outbreak. The Omni Learning ECA Centre polled 430 parents last month. The Education Centre found a third of families with a monthly income below $20,000 said they were very stressed about their children's learning, with many saying they had no time to teach kids or didn't know how to. It said the families stopped interest classes for their children, compared to around half of wealthier families who could afford online learning. Liu Lian Moi is a kindergarten principal.
Some parents, because they need go out to work, or they don't know how to choose for their children. They want their children to be better educated, but they don't have the way to find out、uh, what's good for their children, or they can't send their children to the learning center or send to school. I think most likely they will ask for help. They may some relatives or some community helpers come to help them. But I think for the online learning, they can have the time sit together. They can learn together. And choose and find out what's the interest of their kids. Local power company CLP says it's reduced its routine meter reading service in light of the virus epidemic, but adjustments will be made to customers' bills when services resume later to reflect actual consumption. Several district councillors have pointed out that people have been getting sky-high bills for utilities during the outbreak because meters have not been read as often as normal. CLP says some users will be getting estimated bills, and the fees will be adjusted later when normal meter reading resumes. It says it will continue to review its arrangements. British newspapers have reported that today the UK will suspend its extradition arrangement with Hong Kong over the introduction of the national security law here. The Times and Daily Telegraph newspapers said the Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab will announce the suspension of the deal in Parliament. Yesterday, Mr Raab accused China of gross human rights violations and said the UK was preparing to escalate its response. I said we would conduct a review of our extradition arrangements and also a range of other measures that we might wish to take. I have now, with the Home Secretary and the rest of government, concluded that review. I will update the House of Commons on what further measures we are taking tomorrow. An inquiry has begun in Australia into how quarantined people returning from overseas were able to spread COVID-19 in the state of Victoria. The state is facing a fresh wave of the virus, with hundreds of new infections reported every day. Here's the BBC's Phil Mercer. Victoria has extended a state of emergency as its COVID-19 crisis intensifies. From Thursday, face coverings will be mandatory in the lockdown city of Melbourne, and fines will apply to those who flout the order. Thousands of schoolchildren will stay at home, and many businesses have again been forced to close. An inquiry has begun into how infected travellers returning to Australia from overseas could have spread the disease while in mandatory quarantine in the nation's second most populous state. North Korean leader Kim Jong Un has ordered officials be sacked for what he called their careless construction of a flagship hospital in Pyongyang. The official KCNA news agency reported that Mr Kim pointed out serious problems after visiting the construction site, saying no construction budget had been properly set up. Completion of the Pyongyang General Hospital is scheduled for October the 10th. More than 140,000 people have now died with the coronavirus in the United States, almost a quarter of the total number of deaths worldwide. In an exclusive interview on Fox News Sunday, President Trump defended his handling of the crisis. Speaking to Chris Wallace, he dismissed evidence from Johns Hopkins University that America had the seventh highest mortality rate in the world. When you talk about mortality rates, I think it's the opposite. I think we have one of the lowest mortality、That's、rates true, in the、sir. world. We, well, we, we're going to we take a, a look. We had 900 deaths on a single day. We will this, take a look this week. Ready? I, you you can check it out. Please get me the mortality rate. I heard we had one of the lowest, maybe the lowest mortality I, rate anywhere in the world. Mr. Trump asserted that a recent rise in infections was due to increased testing. 
The Cuban Health Ministry says there's been no local transmission of COVID-19 on the island for the first time in more than four months. There have been fewer than 90 deaths from coronavirus in Cuba. Here's the BBC's Will Grant. The number of new cases of the virus each day in Cuba had fallen to a single digit in recent weeks, with only the very occasional coronavirus-related death on the island. However, the announcement over the weekend of a 24-hour period with no local transmission was a sign of the progress the island has made. It was the first time in four months with no national cases of the virus. The only single positive diagnosis which was recorded came from someone who'd recently arrived from abroad. The island's leading epidemiologist, Dr Francisco Duran, told a news conference. Police in Britain say they didn't have the manpower to stop an illegal all-night rave that attracted more than 2,000 people in contravention of coronavirus restrictions. Officers took 14 hours to stop the music. Chief Superintendent Ian Wiley said the police needed time to break up the event. We got the call just after 11 and we were there within 10 minutes but of course all the stages were already set up and the music was already uh, going and we had many, many people at the site already so it became impossible for us to do anything last night because of the safety of those partygoers, many of whom were drunk, uh, many of whom were on drugs, and trying to muster sufficient officers to deal with what was upwards of 2,000 people last night would have been impossible. Talks between the leaders of EU member states on a 750 billion euro coronavirus recovery fund have stretched into a fourth day. Deep differences are reported to remain about the deal. A group of wealthy northern countries is keen to limit the overall size of the fund and ensure it mainly consists of repayable loans rather than grants. Denmark's Prime Minister Mette Frederiksen told reporters she wanted the money made conditional on supporting what she called basic EU values. I assume on the basis of the very long debate last night on the question of the rule of law and the budget that this will be tackled sensibly. But that's not certain yet. It's no secret that there are still countries that are very opposed to us making a link between basic values and budgets. But it's one of the things I think Europe needs to stand firm on. Health authorities in Bangladesh say the number of people being tested for the virus has almost halved following a fake screening scandal. More than a dozen people, including a hospital owner in Dhaka, have been arrested. They're alleged to have issued bogus certificates to thousands of patients. Here's the BBC's Ambarasan Etirajan. There were 18,000 tests being carried out each day in late June in Bangladesh, but that's fallen to just over 10,000 in the past two weeks. Experts say there is increasing public distrust of testing following the scandal. Those arrested are accused of issuing bogus certificates to people, including migrant workers. Their employers in Europe needed the papers before allowing them to return to work. Earlier this month, Italy stopped flights from Bangladesh after dozens of workers who arrived from Dhaka had tested positive. Bangladeshi officials admit that the scandal has dealt a huge blow to the country's image. The United Arab Emirates has launched its first space mission using Japanese rockets to send a spacecraft carrying a probe to study the red planet's weather and climate when it arrives in February. To date, only the United States, Europe, India and Russia have managed to put a craft into orbit around Mars. The BBC's Jonathan Amos watched the launch. A new Mars mission is on its way. The UAE doesn't have a rocket of its own, so it asked Japan to get its first interplanetary satellite off Earth and onto what will be a 500 million kilometre journey across space. 
The satellite will use its instruments at Mars to try to understand how the planet lost its thick atmosphere and water. This is insight that goes directly to the question of whether or not Mars could ever have supported life. Quick look at the stock market. The Hang Seng Index is up 17 points at 25,106 after swinging between gains and losses. And in currencies, the US dollar is trading at 107.31 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 14 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 70 cents. Now with the sports news, here's Adam Chung. Chelsea booked an FA Cup final meeting with Arsenal after a comfortable semi-final win over Manchester United. Goals from Olivier Giroud and Mason Mount put Chelsea in control and they went on to win 3-1. Here's their manager, Frank Lampard. Everyone talks about mentality at the minute, quite rightly so at this stage of the season. Um, and that, that performance was brimming with personality, brimming with work ethic and quality. Uh, to come up against the Manchester United team and beat them pretty comfortably, you know, with maybe the idea of scoring more goals, not giving them too many chances with the quality of their attacking force, uh, was a brilliant collective effort. Chelsea's first two goals came off shots that should have been saved by goalkeeper David De Gea, who was making his first FA Cup start this season. United boss Ole Gunnar Solskjaer opted to use him instead of the usual cup goalkeeper Sergio Romero. Uh, both uh, Sergio and David has played really well in that run. We've kept loads of clean sheets. You can see David uh, making a few saves here today as well. And, uh, and uh, I see where you're coming from. Everyone's going to make a big, massive headline on this, that, the other and David. But of course, he's, uh, he knows he couldn't say that one. Chelsea will play Arsenal in the final on the 1st of August. Now to the Premier League, where the big fight for European football was won by Tottenham. They beat Leicester City 3-0 with Harry Kane scoring twice. Spurs moved up to sixth in the table, while Leicester remained fourth on goal difference above Manchester United, who have a game in hand. They'll play each other in the final game of the season. Here's the Leicester boss, Brendan Rodgers. It was always going to turn that last game anyway, so um, and we've got a shot to get to the Champions League, which um, the players, like I said, they'll have a couple of days rest now, and then we can really focus on uh, on the game next Sunday. Bournemouth had an injury time equaliser disallowed by VAR and went on to lose 2-0 at home to Southampton. The Cherries are on the verge of relegation with one game left and three points from safety. Here's their manager, Eddie Howe. We worked so hard to create the momentum in the game, to create the chances we needed. Uh, they came, we didn't take them, and then you think of that one moment where all the hard work's been rewarded. So it is very difficult for us now. Fate is out of our hands. Um, that's not going to be a nice feeling. It's not going to be a nice week for us. Watford have sacked manager Nigel Pearson with two games left in their season. The under-23 manager Hayden Mullins will take charge of the remaining games against Manchester City and Arsenal. Watford are three points above the drop zone and only need to avoid heavy defeats to stay up. And finally, in golf, John Ram has gone top of the world rankings after winning the PGA Memorial Tournament in Ohio. He fired a three over par 75 in the final round to beat Ryan Palmer by three shots. Ram is the first Spanish player to hold the number one spot since the great Stevie Ballesteros in 1989. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And that's the news and sport from RTHK. Live across Hong Kong, this is Radio 3.
Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the One Two Three Show. It is Monday again, and I hope you had a great weekend. I'm Karen Co. Sitting in today for Noreen Mia, though we will hear from Noreen later. A bit of a surprise. Big thanks to Phil Whelan this morning for this morning's morning brew. And coming up, we've got a lot for you today. First up. Fitness coach Nathan Solier will be joining us to talk about the importance of exercise in boosting immunity, as well 